Hello and welcome to the Wavemakers podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Khan. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to the American Shoreline Podcast Network for housing the show. Last episode, we celebrated National Ocean Month, speaking with Tim Gallaudet. So a slightly different type of wave maker. But this month, I'd like to take us back to that issue of plastic we've been speaking about. And we're going to do this in a fun way with toys. In the past, we've had guests like Jim Mullins, Earthwise, and Sarah from Net Your Problem, all talking about plastics, whether it was fishing nets or just general plastic pollution in our oceans. But today I get to speak to an entrepreneur doing something else to divert plastic from the oceans. Malta Nibelschutz is the founder of Shore Buddies, a pretty radical dude that was inspired and did something to address the problem. Hello, Malta. Welcome to the show. Tamara, such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. It's, It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to get to sit down and talk to you. I know you've been running around and talking to toy makers and it's kind of an exciting angle to take on on this issue. So let's start with a bit about your background. How did you get here and why? (laughs) How did I get here and why? That's a great question. Um, And I feel like this is something every entrepreneur should always just uh, remember themselves of kind of like almost on a daily basis. How did I get here and why? Um, So, and for me, I literally just uh, arrived from a long uh, trip traveling to so many different places. I'm excited to to get into that a little bit here. But how did I get here and why? Um, With toys, I felt like kind of almost stumbled into it. Um, I really got inspired by, yeah, moving to California, like almost in the first place. Kind of like, you know, it sounds like this. Uh, like almost like in the movies, but uh, I moved to California and I was so amazed by the coastline. Um, always growing up, already been an ocean fan. And now finally, you know, like uh, coming from Germany, living the, the dream almost, you know, uh, moving right to the beach. Um, and then I kind of uh, learned about, you know, the importance of uh, preventing plastic pollution in, in our oceans, you know, like by impressed by this amazing coastline here in San Diego. Um, I really, yeah, was was kind of like getting into the the activism and learned about how a beach cleanup actually is a thing, right? So, like coming from Germany, I've never heard about that, and uh, probably over the last um, five, ten years, now more and more people all around the country have heard of that. What is very common thing in the in the ocean community, at least was here in San Diego, and uh, learning about that and um, yeah, kind of seeing like the the plastic problem firsthand on the beaches, right? People have that that saw that's so far away. It's like you know um, all the beaches in the Caribbean and in Africa they are polluted, but it doesn't take that much, you know. You go to a California beach and it's clean on the surface, but you go through the sand and you find like plastic immediately in the beach cleanup, especially in San Diego. It's, it's like, um, on a, yeah, I feel like there's a pretty much almost every day in the months you can go there and, and, and see a beach cleanup. So that's kind of like what really, um, kind of like triggered it to like really, uh, make a point and stand up for oceans. So you weren't working in toys or anything like that before plastics or oceans even, what did you do? What did you study? I guess in university, I I'm assuming, not toy making. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I went to uh, college back in uh, back in Germany, and I have a d- degree in uh, or I have a master's in um, in tech and and business. And I want to say that kind of really helped me, um, kind of like constructing the uh, the shore bodies company, I guess. 
um, because I was very early on focused on like process optimization and and you know really defining and and building out um, efficient processes. So I I guess I kind of like really applied. Uh, efficient process management and uh, scaled out of like IT solutions um, and really kind of like streamlined an entire yeah toy company to to a startup model, um, which allowed me to really get into the toy business, I want to say. Oh, fantastic. So you kind of had the business background, the IT background, maybe a little bit of supply chain experience. And uh, was there some moment that you experienced when you were looking at that coastline or maybe on a beach cleanup that sort of sent you down this path to create shore buddies specifically yeah so it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a fun question it's kind of like a super fly story right so like it really was uh, so my first beach cleanup actually um, I witnessed from from a restaurant, and it was like um, you know on the cliff overlooking the the beach and the ocean, and there were just people down there, you know, with like with trash bags and and all of that, and I was so confused what they were doing, you know, in, in my had I saw there was like an oil spill or so. So anyway, so like I asked the um, the the waiter of the restaurant um, what they are doing, right? And he literally told me about the the problem of of plastic pollution and how it is bad for the right. Like what I just said earlier, he was the first guy. Literally, it was not any like uh, nonprofit organization that put me on that path. It was the waiter at that restaurant um, who had told me about the plastic pollution in our ocean. Then when he goes surfing, you know how he finds like plastic bags and all of that. So I went the beach cleanup and after he was you know done with his entire spiel about plastic being such a problem for our ocean he puts that water cup right in front of me and was in a plastic cup right so i was no. like where is this where's this missing link you know like you're giving me this entire presentation this entire spiel here right now so you obviously understand the problem but now you're putting this plastic cup in front of me. This is kind of like where it starts, right? And for me, like I was, I was in the country maybe for like uh, like half a year, if even that long, right? So like, but for me coming from Europe, like someone putting a plastic cup in front of me at a nice restaurant, right? It was like almost offensive. It was like, what is this like McDonald's, right? So, but it it was very confusing to me and for for me and so i was kind of like okay there's like a missing link here right like everyone is preaching about this clean california and we're we're so worried about you know the health of our ocean and our coastline um but then like not tackling the problem at the at the very cause right so for me that was that was so confusing and i was looking into uh into companies you know like that are actually kind of like tackling that or like organizations and all of that so over the over the couple or the next couple of months i learned a lot around that and um then it was yeah kind of a um for for the non-spiritual listeners we call it coincidence um and I read an article about this company called Patagonia. Oh, just a small company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're, they're amazing, right? They're from Ventura, California, and they're inspirational, or they're 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 um, not inspirational. They're such a huge role model, you know, not only on the product level, but how the entire company is built as as the B Corporation, um, really taking care of their employees. It's 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 just very very amazing. Um, what 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 he built there, or what the company stands for, and and really actually does what what they're saying. Um, but anyway, so like at that time, I I read how they were making the t-shirts and jackets all from from recycled soda pop bottles, and they've been doing it since the nineties, right? And that was for me such a 
great missing link that you can do that because in Germany I kind of grew up with we're always recycling but for me we really, I really didn't understand where it goes right so and now like learning about they are tackling this problem of of the plastic that you can turn it into something and this is actually what recycling is for I was so amazed by that and you know then the entrepreneurial spirit kind of like kicks in um trying to find other things you know like if you can make a t-shirt you can probably make a million things out of uh out of out of recycled plastic sure and uh as kind of life has it right like while i was reading the article i put it away and the first thing i saw was, was a stuffed animal and in my head i was all like okay if you can make a t-shirt you can certainly make a stuffed animal right that's kind of like this the same material and uh yeah looked into that and um yeah, <laughs> it turns out you can, apparently. Oh, fantastic. You, so many things I want to ask you about that. I mean, you mentioned the cleanups, and I know I lived in California briefly as well and, and loved it and was got involved. There are a lot of organizations doing that. Uh, these days I work with a number of blue tech companies, and one of them is based out of uh, Hawaii. Um, um, Ray Avazian runs Seed World, and he's like not only doing beach cleanups and He's, he tells me about how tourists get involved just from watching them do the, the cleanups. But he has some inventions that help sort through those tiny microplastics that are on the beach. So I know a lot of people get inspired as soon as they see it. And hearing your story, I mean, just a little bit of acknowledgement, seeing some connections. And then Patagonia, the article about Patagonia, their founders are similar to you. They just... He, um, I believe he was a rock climber and he's an environmentalist just because he loves the outdoors. And, and he and his buddies, I remember reading a story about them traveling around in a van and just deciding we're going to start this. So it takes this entrepreneurial spirit like that. Yeah, um, yeah, no, he's uh, um, Yvonne Gunnar, he's a huge inspiration. And uh, so this is, you know, how we all set up our office and our Zoom backgrounds kind of. So, so this is my uh, my my selection of uh, really important books um, that I always would recommend. And um, one of them is his book, uh, Let My People Go Surf. So he's definitely a big <laughs> inspiration. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, I'll have to check it out. I knew, I knew he had a book. Um, I've listened to a number of podcasts about him, actually. Um, so with you, you put down this article, looked up and there was a stuffed animal staring at you and so sure buddies was born, but I know there's a lot of steps in between that. And I wanted to ask you like, who helped you along the way? How did you figure this out? How do you make those stuffed animals soft? Everybody asks me that whenever I talk about your company. So lots of questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I want to say it's really, really, you have to find the right partners, right? You cannot, you cannot do any of that or like on a big scale um, by yourself. So it really comes down to, yeah, building the right team and finding the right partners. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of interesting how, how it works, right? So like, I want to say I'm totally aware of that. Um, I was able to start Shore Body as a toy company, right? Having no background in the toy industry whatsoever, exactly. um, never have like, yeah kind of dealt with a consumer product before in my career um but really like started there because i feel everyone talked about like oh yeah we live in a globalized world and all of those kind of things right but um i feel like the missing link there is 
that's not only a, applicable to big corporations anymore, right? I feel like the world got like closer and closer or smaller and smaller. The big corporations, I mean, like uh, all of those big ones, they have produced in in, in all around the world, in, in, in China or in Indonesia, right? So like the bigger corporations, I want to say, they have always been more of a global impact for them. There was not such a market entry barrier, but um, like today's technology and today's connectivity all around the world is... Yeah, it's, it's unseen. Like, this is really crazy. And this, I want to say, allowed Chobodies kind of like to, to, to get started. Like, the market entry barriers are um, getting lower and lower, I want to say. Maybe we're increasing shipping That's prices great. and stuff like that now. It's different. So, <laughs> what was the biggest barrier you faced in the, in the first place? Um, in first place, really to find a partner you can you can trust and, like, who's interested in a journey like that, right? Like, at the beginning, it's literally... Um, and it still is that's with everything like I want to say right like it's I mean we're not done that I always say we're just kind of like getting started um, but it's the, the the first step right it's like what what do you have to take and it's how do you bring something something to life so you obviously need to find someone uh, who is expertise or is, is an expert and has knowledge in, in that industry um, but that's really where Google becomes your friend like you can <laughs> find everything in literally in front of you the internet is there and um you just have to have to make an effort and, and find a way to to connect with these people um and it's it's a lot of getting in front of the right people and and having an opportunity to yeah get people invite them on your journey i want to say right if you can like make a case why you're doing all of this then it's it's really where people can align and be like okay cool this is something new this is interesting let's go is it having the opportunity or maybe creating it or seizing it sometime? Um, I, I think you're right. Google certainly removed the barrier of knowledge and reaching, reaching those kind of partners. So that's one, one that's been knocked down, making it easier. I love to see this with entrepreneurs that, um, that acknowledge that there's a problem and that there's a gap and find a way, no matter what, to, to fill that fill that gap and yeah well i think that's that's definitely something i learned um along the journey and it's uh like resilience like resilience is literally the muscle you have to train you know there's going to be setbacks there's going to be things certain we're going to like you thought you succeeded but then nothing is really happening <laughs> so it's kind of like very like if you don't have resilience as a as an entrepreneur like that's this yeah, job lifestyle might not be for you. What was the first thing that happened with Shore Buddy? Like, like the milestone that made you think, okay, this is happening. This is gonna keep happening. Um, like getting actually like the the, the first buyers, right? Like I I started out very very small here in San Diego, so um, found the right partner who was be willing to do a very, very small quantity for, for Plush, right? And learning and, and understanding all about that that kind of industry, um, like more and more like really diving into it. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, execution over perfection. Um, if you don't hate your first, um, your first product, you're launching too late, right? Kind of all those, uh, all those typical quotes, but you, you just have to go, you know, you just have to jump. You know what, you're never ever gonna be like 100% ready. Um, just just go with that when it when it feels right you know make the next next steps and and just find a way to to do 
what you can do. And for me, the the first milestone was actually having our first production run. Um, and we started with three different animals here locally in San Diego. Um, we had a couple thousand units uh, shipped. Um, and yeah, they got here and, and, and people were actually buying them. Yeah, it was, was amazing. So it's kind of like a great compliment if if people love, love what you do. And uh, started out here in, in San Diego and kind of like started um yeah getting more and more interest in in the story and what we're trying to do with with the company and and the message that comes with the product right so it was uh from yeah over the years from san diego and next step was like selling all along the california coast and um now we are like pretty much on on every coast in the u.s we're shipping into the caribbean right um last or two weeks ago uh we just finalized the the market entry in in germany we're already selling in italy so it's it's kind of like really uh, the yeah the I feel like the the milestones the 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 success is is kind of like keep growing but it's the the every the way I see it like and it doesn't matter if it was the first sure body ever sold or if it's any sure body any single day um, you reach someone right you reach someone and you reach a kid you make a kid happy uh, it's it's a toy and um, I feel like it's such a beautiful way to to really address and and talk about um the the situation we have with with going on in our, in our oceans and make the kids aware uh educate them right education is is awareness and and it's empowerment you know it's 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 their generation you know you see in uh nowadays kids running out of school the friday for future movement you know it's really so they already know what's what's going on and uh, i feel like it, the earlier we can yeah at least educate about those um yeah, those things that are going on and kind of like help learning um, environmental values from an early age on. I think that's that's a really powerful thing that we can do. Yeah, I, I want to come back to that part, the influence you're having on kids through these toys. But first, let's talk about the, the product itself. I mean, one question I have for you is to clarify, you're not pulling plastic bottles out of the ocean and cleaning them off and creating the, the fabrics for the toys, right? Yes. Yeah. No. Um. We are actually actually um trying to show that you can do something um before it reaches the ocean, right? So like um we're getting that asked quite a bit, right? It's uh it's they're like oh so you're fishing them out that's good cleaning them up. I feel like barely anyone asked that questions. Why do they have to go into the ocean first, right? Why would we wait so long? Um, that's like, for me, a shocking fact that only 10% of the plastic in the US is actually going to get recycled. And I don't, I'm not one of those who are like, okay, we we will, you know, it's, it's all the big scheme and all of that. No, they might not be a way for us to actually recycle ourselves out of this, but there's no shortage of plastic that we can use, right? And if we improve those processes, how we can actually do recycle, there's a, a lot of less plastic having even the chance of going into the ocean. So I think it's always kind of a little bit both, right? So let's not, let's not wait until it goes in there, but definitely also improve our recycling while we are phasing out single-use plastic in the long run. But I don't know. For me, it's always people have a really on, on, on either side of the spectrum where I think it's like so many different like ways to, um, yeah, incorporate in, 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 in this entire like collaborative effort to, to really, yeah, make a change. I was just talking to someone about this, how you have to have all the elements come together because we already have this problem of these 
this plastic in the ocean, but we could also switch off the tap and stop putting more plastic into the ocean, making it harder to clean up in the first place. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm. That's that's like, and thanks for saying that. That's like always a, a reference I kind of use, right? It's like, like when you come home and your kitchen is flooded, it's like you're not getting out the mop and start cleaning it up, right? Like you literally turn off the tap first. That's the first thing you have to do, right? And we are still adding so much plastic um, in a way that it still ends up in the ocean. So we need to really work on that by reducing the plastic we're producing in the first place and find a better way to deal with it, what's, what, what's still coming out there and what we already have created. Absolutely. So find a way to use what's already been created and simultaneously be working on slowing down the production of more. That makes sense to me. What about uh, the products, the, the toys themselves? I know you have the cutest names for these stuffed animals. So feel free to talk a little bit about that too. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where, where I think it's, um, yeah, it's a great, great opportunity with, with a toy, right? So like it's, you can really, um, yeah, establish that that emotional connection with a kid through through characters, right? Like we have uh, Finn the dolphin who's talking about plastic straws, how they are actually making uh, creating a problem uh, for marine life. And then we have Emma the whale, and and she is um, yeah talking about her journeys, finding around um, the the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and microplastic and what that all does, right? So like we have all those different characters that come with like little background stories and. Uh, we just recently like launched animated videos really they're like all educational so the entire um uh, shore buddies um yeah franchise is more like of telling a story right and and having those yeah cartoonish characters um that yeah really make this connection and it's it's the product itself is a is a stuffed animal um at at, at this time but um yeah, there's so many different ways you you can reach that, and I feel like we really have this yeah powerful um, message that we can communicate to to a kid, and, and what better way if it's you know like soft and cuddly? <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Malta, you just quietly admitted that there's a lot more going on here than the than the stuffed animals. You're getting to be pretty well known in the toy industry in general. You're working on this circular economy and then the, the kids' education side of thing and a cartoon. I know you were doing books, but now cartoons too. It's super effective. And how nice to know that you're kind of spreading out and, and doing good with these. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of like, um, I feel like it's it's, on all different aspects right so like it's what i think companies have to do these days um and i'm i really like a big advocate for for um like this company model or business model called social enterprise we really have all those different touching points so um, for us it's not just only um the product side or the consumer facing side right like um when you think about the the supply chain you want to really be um as yeah sustainable as as possible and sustainable includes so many aspects um 
that yeah affects everyone like you have like uh, in a stakeholder approach you have your suppliers you have your customers you have the environment and not only focusing on the on the shareholders themselves on the just specific owners right like i feel the company is is really playing an important role in the in the community and so if you consider all the different aspects where the customer, right, for us is very clear. It's it's a kid, right? So like we are making products for kids or telling stories for kids. That's that's really what what we do, right? But there's a certain yeah element that involves so many different aspects in the entire process that that needs to be considered. And on all of those aspects, we're really trying our our best, you know, to yeah to to really be that sustainable um, example that that we want to be. And again, Patagonia is such a great. Uh, yeah, model for that to to look after, and yeah, really, I think they are doing very much that, right? Like using a business for for doing good or for doing better in the world or trying to do. I think you're sincerely becoming one of those models as well. So maybe inspiring someone to think of something else to do with this plastic. But um, what's been maybe the most fun thing that you've experienced as you've gone through this journey? Um, the most fun thing is actually meeting like-minded people um, to really kind of, um, yeah, running into it, into people who really, who, who, who trying to do something similar or even if it's not so much around ocean plastic, right? Like it's, um, I think I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for, for meeting all those all those people, right? And that's kind of like really what what inspires me. And for me, is that is the most fun thing to do. And I kind of have this, yeah, amazing, um, yeah, opportunity of being a hybrid in the toy industry, which uh, people creating things for fun for kids, right? Or for educational aspect of kids. So it's a it's a really it's a really fun industry to be at, right? That's a lot of amazing creators in there. And then at the same time I'm um, also in very involved with, with the sustainability aspect. And I think it's most amazing yeah thing to do to really kind of like combine those those two different worlds because um, yeah both are really trying to do amazing and good and um i feel like there's a there's a missing link here that needs to be made so for me this is definitely the the most fun to 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 see um on on both aspects people in the toy industry to really try to make a difference and and running into like-minded people and 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 seeing what what is possible you know on a on a collaboration effort and then uh just last week um i was at the um or this week actually just came back last night from the Capitol Hill um, Ocean Week in, in Washington DC and and seeing the yeah the the ocean um yeah community coming together right and in all sorts of, of of aspects for for protecting what what we all love is is amazing you know and I think we have an amazing opportunity here to to really yeah connect both both uh, communities. You talked about two of my favorite things, collaborating and connecting. Crazy to be a guy from not living near an ocean in Germany, and you made it all the way over to San Diego, and and here you are transitioned. Let me ask you this. So if you had advice for others in the, in the plastic space and ocean plastic space, how would you tell them to get started with their idea? Get started. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it gets started. And I feel like, it's so crazy and it's overwhelming um, in the beginning to to tackle such a big, big 
I don't really like the word problem, but this really is one um, to really tackle this big of a problem, right? And you kind of like feel lost. And um, I read I read an interesting uh, quote the other day, right? It's um, how can I be a difference? Is half of the million, uh, half of the people on this planet thinking, right? So like, yeah, you can, right? Like it's the people who are actually changing the world are the ones crazy enough. Um, but don't be overwhelmed by this big, big thing. Just like start with the, with the next step, you know, like, um, you don't know in a, in a mile, uh, in a journey of a thousand miles, you don't know like every single little step, but you should be aware of the first one that you have to take. And you know that, right? Like if you have the idea, figure out what you can really do, what you can implement, and then just, just go for it. Like the longer you wait on an idea, the more it fades out, the more you like, you know, talk yourself out of that. So like, I, I guess, uh, just taking action, like immediate action is, is the best thing. And don't be overwhelmed by it. It's all has to be you, you know, like who has the, the solution or the answer to everything, you know, but if you can just participate and just like, you know, give a little contribution to, to improve this world, then go for it. So don't aim to be great, just get started and, and get into that collaborative community. I think the ocean industry is very collaborative in general. It's kind of cheesy to say, but you know, the ocean is connecting all of us in some way or another. So it makes sense that the people working to, towards helping the ocean should be connected and collaborating. But uh, other than that, I wanted to ask you like about funding when you got started. How did you, did you manage to get grants, investors? Did you just start with revenue or how did you do this? Um, so the term in, in startup that I learned along the way is called uh, bootstrapping. Um, so that's exactly um, what we did with Shore Buddies from the from the very beginning. Um, and I started the company with um, with a small investment that I had from my uh, corporate job that I had in in Germany um, when I left. And um, little help from from parents, um, but yeah, really started with, with very small um, and kind of like grew by by revenue um, over the following years. And it's very interesting, kind of like how how it all worked, right? So um, I think that's what you have to do in a in a in a company in a startup, right? Like you have to be your your first and last believer, right? Like you have to be the first one who actually believes there's a good idea, and you also have to be the last one, you know, like when everyone is like, yeah, it's not gonna work out. It's like, no, no. It will work out, so that's kind of like um, the the thing. And yeah, I got started with a with a small investment, bootstrapped the company. But um, along the way, I very early on learned that for the big vision I have, right, what we just talked about with all the um, animations, with the mobile games, you know, and really, yeah, creating this edutainment platform that um, is really saving the ocean. Um, we need a little bit more money, right? So I kind of like um, learned and, 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 and got into it. And I got a lot of help actually from the from the San Diego community here. Um, quick shout out to, to Misty Rask and then everyone there at the at the brink at, at USD um, was was amazing. Um, it was amazing. Still, like it's such a great help for for the community here in, in, in San Diego startup community and learned so much, right? So, uh, like quickly I learned, okay, we need more money for for the vision for the dream I have uh, to really build that out. Um, and also, kind of, um, I 
all of a sudden had a company, right? <laughs> so I was like, this company just like grew um, every single year. We were like growing fast, right? From San Diego to California. And uh, now I want to say like from San Diego to the world. And um, you kind of grow into this role as a, as a CEO, right? Like, first of all, you have an idea, then you're a founder, um, then you're an entrepreneur. Um, and, and then you kind of like become a CEO along the way. And all of that is not, you know, like, you kind of level up, I want to say, but it all's kind of very floating, right? Back to that ocean uh, analogy, but it's kind of like floats into each other and goes back and forth. And so it's a really interesting journey. And definitely the the community here in San Diego helped um, along the way, um, which now puts us into a position where um, we actually are raising money right now. So like um, we are on a, on a WeFunder campaign, um, which is kind of like a community um, fundraising. So um, which... I think it's, it's an amazing opportunity, right? So um, what we learn for our customers are um, they really love and get to, to, to get involved. And I think it's, a, it's an it's amazing opportunity, you know, like when um, we can actually have benefit the, the Shore Buddies community um, from our success as investors. That's a perfect spot to go to next. One of the goals of my podcast is really to kind of help people understand not so much the problems, but the solutions that are out there and how they can get involved. So feel free to tell us how to get to your WeFunder and maybe how to contact you or, or your company. What, what, can, uh, what can we do to help you here on WaveMakers? <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the WeFunder campaign, it's it's live. It's uh, wefunder.com slash shorebuddies or just go on uh, shorebuddies.com, um, sign up to our newsletter. Um, you get all the information there. We, we're sending that out. Um, we are raising $150,000 there um, on a revenue-based finance model, um, and it directly helps us really to, to grow this to the, to the next level, right, to make the next steps, um, which is a lot of challenging things coming up, right? This, this world is uh, definitely changing um, in a way. I think everyone has seen that over the last two years. And um, we really want to want to be part of, of of this change, you know, for for the better. Um, and there are certain things everyone is seeing, um, like supply chain uh, situations are, are getting crazy, right? And that's I I also want to say um, recycling has to has to be improved. You know, we need to find ways for a solution, and that's all kind of things we we really want to tackle, right? So like if we yeah, find better ways how we can actually establish recycling um, here in, in, in the U.S. And, and all around the world, you know, on a more local level, the more we have opportunity to actually bring bring production um, more locally, right? And this will help with, with yeah, reducing shipping costs, reducing uh, CO2 emissions, and, and it all kind of is like so interconnected, right? And I feel um, there, there are so many different ways to do. Um, but yeah, first, it's definitely um, helping us out, um, getting involved through the through the WeFunder to um, get really to the to the next level. And that's also one thing um, I learned um, along the, the 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 journey is that it is really always the next level, right? It's the next step. You know, you have to you have to think that. Um, uh, a good book I want to recommend is The Execution Factor by by Kim Perel uh, because she talks about that or for at least me was the first time hearing that ever is kind of like having a north star right like having a north star and keeping that you know always back to to why and what right like what you started with tomorrow is like 
what is your why and what is your what, right? And if you kind of like keep that as a North Star, really um, yeah, having an impact of reducing ocean plastic pollution is, is the why. And then the what is kind of like always your next step. Well, it sounds like you, that's exactly what you've done and your journey has shown you, like you started off with the why of let's do something about this plastic that's going into the ocean. And now every step along the way, you see, oh, we can have bigger impact. We can expand and scale our impact even more. And it's not just about making toys. So um, really great that you're here to share. Is there a, I, I was going to ask you for a last message to leave listeners with, but I think you kind of covered it there. That's a great impactful message to to leave on i think it's really like the 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 call to action i want to have and and you're right i think about like oh how do we top this now right at the end but uh, i think if it's a really one thing is is kind of really emphasize on the on the collaboration right like if we ask ourselves what little impact do i have well you have a lot right and you mentioned it earlier with um you know like you inspire other people you you go to a beach cleanup and um like San Diego is a very touristy city, right? Like, and just people being there and seeing what other people do, you literally, you literally see something is happening there, right? So, like, you you inspire people with your actions. So, um, yeah, um, Mahatma Gandhi said, "Is you be the change you want to see in that world." So, just go with that. You know, don't question too much how little impact you might have. You have way more impact than you think. You know, but execute on it. So, execution goes over perfection. Take idea, whatever you have and set an example in the world by by taking action. Thank you so much, Malta. I think I, you know, here I was thinking we were going to have a podcast about how the, you know, another issue about the plastic and how it never goes away. It's every piece of plastic ever produced is really still on the planet. So might as well turn it into something cute and cuddly. But that's, it's been so much more than that. So thank you very much for being here. and, And thanks to the listeners, as well as the American Shoreline Podcast Network. For producing the show. As always, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at LadyBlueTech or even on my LinkedIn. Again, I'm Tamara Khan. Let me know if you're interested in sponsoring an episode or if you even know of an innovation or ocean technology that's making some waves out there. Thanks so much. See you next time. Mm-hmm.